Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Sweetwater Project. I'm Surya, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Sarah and Christine. Today, we're going to be discussing the phenomenal and jaw-dropping new series, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. We'll be dissecting chaos in general, so if you're not fully caught up, you might want to hit that pause button and come back because there will be spoilers. All right, guys. So what are your first thoughts on Sabrina? I was blown away. I mean, let's be honest. Netflix knows how to make a show. They've proven that multiple yeah. times now. Definitely. And Definitely. they properly put in all the advertising. And a lot of shows, they hype themselves up and they really don't live up to that hype and yes i am calling out tell me a story because i was so disappointed (laughs) and sabrina not disappointing in the least if anything none of the sneak peeks or the trailers even remotely touched how awesome i thought this series was so i don't know if it's just me coming back from being on vacation probably is the case but it took me a little bit longer to get into it rather than how I was with Riverdale. It might just be because I'm tired and I was trying to really catch up. But when I watched it, I did get to that point. I actually wanted more. I need that season two. It's not like I'm saying that it was a really bad show because it was amazing. It was so good. It just like coming from vacation, you cannot binge. You're just tired and uh, <laughs> it took me a long week to do it. But honestly, I felt the exact same way as you guys. Like, I'm just, I was so amazed by the show. I mean, for me, the series as, like, an entirety was really amazing. And like Sarah said, Netflix and Roberto, they really hyped it up, like, so, so much. But the fact is that they really delivered. They truly delivered an amazing show. So it wasn't just, like, fake hype. It was perfectly done. Yeah. Yeah, it was well done. Oh, yeah, so much so. And the show is so different from the original, which to me is so, it's amazing. It's, it has, it's like its own standalone piece within the Sabrina Archie Comics world. Yeah. Which is amazing. And it's really hard to do. You know, people are always going to be, usually people are going to put, you know, parallels. I think they do that now with Charmed. But there's no way you can do that with this. One was more, yeah, one was more comedic, and this one's a lot more dramatic and creepy. Um, I definitely think Teenage Witch was for teens, and I don't feel that this one's really geared for teens. Which is really, because they're really, I feel like they were younger. Like, they're, I think it's maybe because of the actors that help a lot, but they feel like they're a lot younger than, like, how Melissa Joan Hart and everybody else over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's definitely true. It was definitely worth the wait and the watch. I, I like, like Christine, I can't wait for part two. I, yeah. I don't even know how I'm going to wait that long. Yeah, but I want it now. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I hope we get to find out sometime soon. But out of curiosity, do y'all know what the difference is between, like, calling a season a season or a part? Because they call it part. And, like, I know some shows call a season a series. Is there a difference? I think it's just, um, as far as I know, generally, generally, seasons are reserved for um, network television. Oh, okay. I don't know why. That's just usually how it yeah, is. Okay. You're, I think um, you're right. I noticed that from Stranger Things, too. Yes. And see, so Netflix, like Stranger Things was Stranger Things 1, not part 1, just 1. Right. Yeah. 
And I think that for them, it's almost like a novel. Like, they're completely Mm. separate stories. Okay, yeah. Like, Stranger Things 1 was completely different than Stranger Things 2. Yeah. It's almost like kind of like a movie. They've almost made it into like a movie trilogy type of thing. Yeah. Um, And then I think like part one, so like the ranch has like part one, part two. I think that that's kind of Netflix's way of saying that there's more coming to reassure you that they're not canning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. that's a theory, of course, but I mean, it sounds good. Yeah. It sounded believable. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I think I'll go with that. Because it does sound believable. It does. No, it sounds like it makes sense, though, especially just with how they brand everything else and that, how they've been putting it out there. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about some of the more general themes and ideas. So the characters, who surprised you the most? For me, it was, well, there was like three of them, like I <laughs> Zelda actually really surprised me the most. And I think it's because they were a little bit close to how um, Caroline Ray and oh God, who played Zelda? I cannot remember her name for the life of me right now. Um, but they, I felt like the way that they portrayed Hilda and Zelda were very close. Like it was, it was almost to the T. And like Hilda was just, just as funny. Um, and Zelda was a little bit more serious, but at least, but then this Zelda. It was like, Beth Broderick, just so you know. Yeah, okay, there you go. Thank you. Beth Broderick. I'm so sorry. Got you. I got you. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's those two really surprised me the most because I wasn't sure like how they were gonna be portrayed and I wanted Hilda to be funny and I wanted Zelda to be more serious and it actually happened that way. And I, I was actually really like surprised how Zelda how dark she was and how, uh-huh. how mean she was almost. Um, but Harvey, I think was another one that surprised me too. I love that he's like He's basically Jughead. Um, oh, right. Like he's he's just yeah. he had this line where he was just like, "What is it? I think like people don't like me that and so much or, or something like that." It was yes, like, and it reminded me of the "I'm weird." Yeah, yeah, and it reminded yep. me like yeah, exactly. Like I'm weirdo. Like that. Like he's he's a freaking he's a comic book geek like me, and like that that was just that was cool on its own. But then just the fact that he was reminding me so much of Jughead, like that's. I didn't expect that from Harvey. And I don't honestly don't remember how Harvey was in Serena the Age Witch. He was not the most intelligent. I mean he was a he was dorky, but it was like like a doofus kind of dorky. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he wasn't a comic book nerd or anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. He was a jock. Yes. Yeah, he was like the trope of a dumb jock. That's it. That's it. But yeah, that surprised me. So um I swear we don't rehearse these, but when you guys listen to these, you're going to love how the order of these responses goes. So Christine was surprised by Hilda and Zelda. I was most surprised by Zelda. Um, <laughs> because, like, yes, I expected her to be more serious, like she was in Teenage Witch, um, and kind of the more rational side. But she wasn't really always rational sided she was kind of mean <laughs> like yeah yeah um she was kind of the enforcer of the group i was just really i mean i knew this was going to be a darker series and i was prepared for that yeah but i think i was just really surprised like i mean a lot of it came off as like dark humor like you know burying like where's aunt hilda oh like i buried her in the yard like it's totally fine she's <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so like there was a funny edge to the, you know, it was a dark humor, but at the same time, it was still really surprising because that never, like nothing even remotely like that would have been joked about in the original series. That's oh true. yeah, no, definitely Because not. like even when they bothered each other, like Zelda would never like, like she was always cleaning up her messes, Hilda's messes and stuff, but like she would never like disown her or anything like that. And I feel like this version of Zelda, she'd full on cut a bitch. Like, yeah. I she slammed shocked. a hammer to I her was, face. Yeah, yeah, I was shocked by her. I was really shocked by her. Oh, I mean, she slept with the high priest. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was all over weird. Um, I expected so, that. Yeah, you did? I did. I, they just gave me that vibe, like, oh, that's going to happen probably sometime in the series. And it did. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> Called it. Called it. I did not because I was shocked. <laughs> well, she did her job. God, I was hoping it wouldn't happen, and then it did, and I was just like, oh, Lord. But, uh, (laughs) so, for who surprised me the most, I'm gonna say Aunt Hilda. I I didn't realize you guys were gonna say the same. It's so funny. I love it. No, I love it. I have no idea. So, I liked her because she was goofy, and I think the closest character-wise to her counterpart in the original Sabrina series, just like we've all been saying, she's a little kooky, but what I really loved was how she was willing to give Sabrina a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, like Sarah said, Zelda was the enforcer. She's very gung-ho about following the path of night. Mm-hmm. And a part of me feels like Zelda wishes Sabrina was a full witch. And she tries to forget that Sabrina's half-human. Like, she doesn't want to deal with it. She doesn't want to think about it. She just wants to get it over with. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, like, on the separate side, Aunt Hilda accepts Sabrina completely and she doesn't try to suffocate her voice and you can see that where she even says like you know she relates a lot better to Sabrina and in the end it was Hilda's openness and secret with Sabrina's mom that actually did help Sabrina avoid like persecution in court mm-hmm. yeah um who did y'all love okay you knew what this answer was gonna be before the <laughs> series even started <laughs> because it's all I cared about Okay, it was Salem before the show started. It was Salem during the show and still Salem. And it's always going to be Salem. I don't care how scary he is. I don't care. It's Salem. Always. <laughs> I don't even think I need to answer this because I have the same exact answer. Um, yeah, I think it's Salem too for me because he reminds me of my black cat. Is your cat possessed? <laughs> my cat's possessively cute. Ooh. And he's oh he's cute i mean i remember okay i remember when we were talking about this when we were breaking down the trailers how you would have been so upset if he didn't talk did you feel yeah we don't need to talk about it i'm so upset about it (laughs) are you really yeah i am okay because then because then surya put the thought in my head that like oh like what if he could like telepathically communicate with her then i got all excited for that well, he, nope. did. he did. He technically right. did. It's just we yeah. couldn't hear it. Yeah. Okay. So remember. Okay. Technically, so we- technically, I'm still upset about it. Oh, <laughs> I think it'll happen for season two, though. Because okay, here with Miss Wardwell's familiar. Yeah, the- Stolas. Yeah, his name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he at the end, if you remember, he actually like she was just like stop coughing and just freaking say what you want to say. Yeah, remember because I just watched it today. Yeah, (laughs) I did too. See, I remember that. 
and he talked. So I'm expecting that for season two because, I mean, he obviously can stop being a cat for a second and just like say what he what's on his mind. So it'll probably happen, make you happy next season. Okay, but I'm a spoiled brat and I wanted it now. <laughs> you didn't get okay. Well, I got. I know I didn't get him, it. like purring and like meowing. Oh my god, so cute. Whatever. Okay, I'm fine. Shooter, if he spoke. <laughs> All right, I'm just not going to talk about him anymore. All right, I, I do have other people that I did love, but it's like it's a tie between Ambrose and Prudence. I think. Okay. Yeah, like I loved Ambrose. Like I, I, I don't remember him being around in Teenage Witch, right? I don't he remember wasn't. anything even remotely like him, but right. he was wonderful. But he was, yeah, he was a delight. And then we started getting to know him, and then I just, oh, he's awesome. He was just awesome. And Prudence, I think I'm just biased because I love Tati Gabrielle. Mm-hmm. The 100. So it's Gaia. And that, oh, she's, she's in the 100? Yeah. She's, mm-hmm. she's yep. Gaia. Um, and then I just, she, she reminded me a little bit of her, but at the same time, she's very snarky, and she's just, she just, I don't know. She's just, I don't know. She just really did it for me. Like, I knew she was going to be like one of those villains. Um, and she did it so well. I don't know if it's her voice or the way she just like portrayed herself as that villain, but it's just so good. It's so good. Good job, Tati. <laughs> so actually, with what you were saying with Ambrose, he wasn't a character in the original that I know that I remember or know of. But I yeah. think it was their way of like paying respects to the original, just because Salem spoke. He was, you know, sentenced to a hundred years as a cat for world domination so then you have ambrose who is under house arrest for blowing up the vatican oh yeah oh so like so they like split up his character kind of yeah yeah oh that's a good one because nice it's catch, yeah thank you because i've been re-watching <laughs> the original <laughs> show <laughs> yeah because they didn't really explain like who salem really was he just came like he just came out of nowhere Christine, you'll get it in season two. Okay. <laughs> oh, so bitter. Yes, where's Salem's backstory, guys? Roberto, we're salty asking. About it, okay. It's with his voice in season two. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna be salty about it until I get it. So. Okay, so for me, I actually really liked Prudence, even though, I mean, she was totally okay with Quasi murdering her sister. You know, no big deal to her, I guess. Um, she changed a lot by the end of the episode like of the season part one and she wasn't just like I just really like that she wasn't just a mean girl you know her sisters were the mean girl and we saw that when they made the mind collapse but she's very aware and very mature she definitely knows what she believes in which is different from a lot of people and she knows what she wants and it's not like a blind sort of thing you know Sabrina was able to get her to understand about how horrible and horrendous the Thanksgiving sacrifice thing was and it's just because Prudent isn't controlled by blind faith or hatred for Sabrina. Like, she has a good head on herself. Mm-hmm. And to me, especially at the end when they're walking together, it's like power appreciates power. And they're yeah. different, but they're better together. So I-, I love them. And then Nick. Nick was great. But what really made him stand out to me was that he, at the end, accepted that Sabrina loved Harvey and even talk to Harvey to like he was like, Hey, you know, she loves you, forgive her, 
She's the one that saved us all. She sent me here to protect you. So, and I think, again, it has to do with the fact that the show is on Netflix. Yeah. And so you don't have that weird love triangle thing that's, like, all up in your face or anything like that. And I just, I loved it. This is cute. I know that you liked him too, Christine. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't want to talk about it right now. I'll talk about him for your next question. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So... For for people who are like, I thought you guys said you j- you didn't like rehearse or anything. We don't rehearse. We just send questions out. All right. Just we're not liars. All right. Um, okay. So, who did you guys hate or like love to hate? Okay, so bear with me on this one because right. it's going to go with a love to hate part of it. Okay. The answer is going to be Zelda, but. Only okay. because I feel like they intentionally took this first season to kind of make her come off as kind of like the devil on your shoulder type. Mm-hmm. And then Hilda was kind of the angel on the other shoulder. Like that's the kind of impression that I was getting was they were very yin and yang. Oh, that's nice. Um, And I feel like like next season we're going to understand like Zelda comes off as like bitter um and distrusting and i think that like every time she was kind of snarky with sabrina i was like god you're awful like i love you but god and i feel Mm -hmm. like next season fingers crossed um they're going to delve into that a little bit more and maybe show us a little more about why she is the way she is and how long she's been like this and kind of transform her into like the underdog that you root for Hmm. I think there's going to be some mothering because she did steal that one baby. Yeah. That's true, which is really creepy. But at the same time, like, well, all right. She seems like she wants to be a mother. I mean, she, maybe she couldn't be a mother. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe there's something in her past. Like, yeah. And that's partially why she's so bitter. Like, I'm just really interested to know more about the ants. And that's intriguing wow. to me, too, because, like, Maybe it was my age at the time, or maybe it was the portrayal of the show. But in the original Sabrina, I didn't really care about them. <laughs> yeah, I honestly didn't really either. Like, I was like, whatever, you're old. Let's get to some Salem and Harvey and Sabrina. <laughs> I don't okay. care. So, okay, so your your questions are always hard because I always have to pick, like, it feels like I always have to pick just one, but I can't. So It's supposed you to can, be just you one. Can- from I mean, now no. on, it's going to be just one. In, like, that's in parentheses. Oh, that's it. Just one. Okay. Whatever. I'm, whatever. I'm just going to say Okay. So, person I, I hated, obviously, was Miss Wardwell. Um, that's a given. I don't really need to explain why I do, I guess. <laughs> but, like, you mentioned earlier that I, I love Nick. It's just true. I do. It's more of I want to hate him rather than I love to hate him. That's because, like, you know, you're just talking about that, like, how he's basically the other dude in Sabrina and Harvey's relationship. So it's like, it's kind of like a love triangle kind of thing, but they never really got into that. Especially in the end, you could see, like, oh, well, she obviously really loves you, and it's just, I'm here for her as a friend. And then he came to Harvey's rescue and was just like, yeah, Sabrina sent me. I'm her friend, whatever. And then Harvey <laughs> kind of friend. <laughs> so it's like, yeah there is they obviously want to try that love triangle but at the same time they're kind of wary about it so it's like i want to hate him but it's 
so like it's so hard because I actually really love the guy. <laughs> um, like I, I just want to hate him because he just he was trying to get a, in the way of my ship. Like he was like I love Harvey and Serena. Um, but and then he he goes over here like why can't you just be with both? Like you have two lives basically. You can be with both. And I thought it was gonna go there, and I didn't expect that at all. I was like a big twist. Like oh yeah, no, I'm cool. Like I'll just let you guys be whatever. Like I didn't expect that. So it's, it's really hard to hate him. Like I want to hate him, but I can't. Like whatever. But you know, I, I don't mind if they if they do get together, maybe temporarily. You know, until Sabrina is like old enough and ready to marry Harvey and like happily ever after. if nick ever has like a real person twitter it's just his bio should just be the other guy (laughs) that's just it i'll just be another character roberto just write me in and i'll just Uh, yes you can be his girlfriend (laughs) okay so sabrina's dad was actually the person that i hated and there's so many reasons um he went behind his wife's back and signed sabrina's name to the book of dead or like the book of satan knowing full well that she'd be giving up her freedom and just like everything that her freedom entails i mean it was sad that her mother couldn't tell him that she was going to baptize sabrina and i think she was possibly a little scared that something would happen to sabrina because she had her baptized really quickly like both of them were acting so quickly I mean, that's insane. And when Sabrina saw her mom in limbo, her mom was like, you can't be here. I had you baptized. No, you're not my daughter. And, you know, I think it was her giving Sabrina an out in case she wanted to forge her own path, which is what she actually wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And her dad was pretty (laughs) patriarchal in just assuming that he, you know, I'm assuming he he thought he knew what was best for Sabrina and that he just could just sign her name away for her and it's it like it doesn't clash but it's just it's easy to understand why sabrina was just so shocked because she's she and this show are all about women empowerment you know she started wicca and just all of her ideas it just made him it like it vilified him and it looked very poisonous yeah that's a a really good point just because like i mean especially with sabrina being half human because of mm-hmm. their relationship, you would think that he would be a little more understanding of that aspect. I mean, I mean, to me, it was really sad because you could see that there was a lot of love. I mean, he made that whole like, I don't know, the the magic Rubik's cube thing was like oh, yeah. the key. Yeah, the key was her mom, and yet at the end of the day, they didn't have that trust in each other to tell each other what they were going to do about their child yeah well and i mean he sacrificed for her um wasn't in the first episode didn't they say he was almost oh i don't remember something almost happened because he chose to be with her i thought that she said i thought zelda said that he had he was like high priest but he got he was almost like permission cast, he was almost like, like oh excommunicated yeah really i don't remember that I don't. I remember I her saying said, that. I thought she had said something about like he was almost like he. Your father was almost cast out because of the decision. Like, yeah, I don't doubt you. I just don't. I'm just trying to. I know. But now I'm gonna. Have to, now I'm gonna have to fact check myself. So continue. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> we'll we'll be breaking down episode by episode. So we'll go more into it all as we like rewatch and everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So okay. So let's talk about the plot. We talked about our favorite characters. Um. 
let's get into the nitty gritty just with, you know, Satan, the devil. He had a plan for Sabrina and Madame Satan ended up being Lilith and she was there to see it through. And it was really weird because every time Sabrina was succeeding, she was really just fulfilling some prophecy we don't know about. So what are y'all's thoughts on that main plot point? Christine, are there any major story parallels to the comics? Um, kind of. Like, I, I actually honestly haven't finished um, the comics that kind of tie in to Sabrina. Um, they're, they're kind okay. of, not only have I not finished it like myself, but it actually hasn't been finished yet. So they're still ongoing at this point. Like Sabrina's <clears throat> are actually on the hiatus, I think. And I think it's just like Roberto's focusing a lot on the show. Um, and he's the one who actually wrote the comics, as well as <clears throat> this comic I read. It's called Afterlife with Archie. There's a lot huh. to it. Um, I a little bit, a little bit close to um, the whole Edward signing her name um, in the Book of the Beast without his mother or without her mother, mother's knowledge it's a little bit close like he, he in the beginning of the Sabrina comics they were obviously not on the same page when it comes when it came to Sabrina um I remember I remember telling you guys like she became a little bit insane but it wasn't it wasn't really her fault it was it was a spell on her um so it was a little yeah. bit it was a little bit darker in the comics like they they fucked her up really bad um but like that that's a little bit of a similarity like uh edward kind of taking the reins and like deciding what he wants to do with sabrina and her mom not having really a say um but in after like archie like a little bit of a parallel that i saw um was when she dealt with the necromancy and she uh tried to resurrect or she resurrected tommy she did that with hot dog with jughead's dog um in the beginning of Afterlife with Archie. Um, and there was like some zombie apocalypse going on, some sort of like that. Um, and Hot Dog, I guess, was bitten and was, um, he was he was becoming one. Um, and it was so distraught. And he, he went over to Sabrina and was like, can you help me kind of thing. So that, that kind of reminded me of that. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but like I said, I'm a little bit behind on the comics and the, the comics themselves are a little bit behind as well so obviously the show has gone a lot further um but yeah um my to me it kind of felt like i mean i mean no it's season one but it kind of felt like a book that you get to the last page and yet you feel like nothing has even begun yet yeah but yeah no more to read so it was really it was frustrating, but in like a really kind of as strange as it sounds, like satisfying way. Mm-hmm. Um, like we got a really cool, relatively new look at Sabrina because, like Christine had said, with the comics and stuff, they're a little outdated in a way. Um, That's true. And, they are. I think they were written like in the early 2010s. Yeah, and like even the like you know Riverdale has like the 50s ish mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, and I guess. I only really got like a small sense of that with Chilling Adventures. Yeah. Um, like it seemed a little more modern with like a gothic twist. Mm-hmm. And I, it was just really intriguing. Like you did not feel like you sat there for as long as each episode was. Like it just felt like it yeah. had been minutes and you're just like, what? 
you know, where's the rest? This, I, it hasn't even begun. And I find that really intriguing for, I mean, it has just as many episodes to it as, you know, Stranger Things or a lot of other Netflix original series. And I just didn't feel as fulfilled with it. Like I just, there's so much more to see. And I think that it's really great that it's a beautiful thing that Netflix has pulled off that you feel just that much eagerness to see more. I found it really unnerving, actually. Like, I get what you're saying with the whole, it's like a book. And to me, it's like the first chapter. And I, it's just, we went through a whole, like, part one where she doesn't want to sign. And then at the very end, she does exactly what she didn't want to do. So it was like, yeah. what is going on here? Why, why did she do that? And I get it they were trying to build on her like power and her just who she is as a character. And it was just, I don't know, to me, it was just like, Oh my God, all of this stuff, but I get it. I love the hair at the end. Um, It just was really unnerving also because we didn't know what was going on for real. And I guess that goes with the whole chaos vibe. You know, they want you to feel uncomfortable. They don't really want you to know what's going on. They want to keep you on your toes. I mean, do we we didn't know what satan's grand plan was until the very end you know you just hear throughout the episode lilith madam satan saying like phase one is complete and that's it she doesn't tell you what or why something was happening like why was sabrina going into limbo so important to the prophecy why Mm -hmm. does she need to do an exorcism was and for me like did her mortal soul get eaten when she was in limbo i don't know she made it out though like there's no answers there and Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I said it wasn't until the very end that we even get a hint as to what that grand plan is when Madam Satan's familiar Stolas you know mentioned that what if he wants Sabrina as a bride and it was a little scary that she she being Lilith is aware of the possibility and she's gonna go with what he wants because she wants Sabrina to take over her role and you know, obviously she is a little worried about that of Sabrina being the queen of hell and because she kills Stolas. But then she's also very aware of her own strength and she's very, like, she's very, I mean, confident, I guess is the word, in herself in that she can deal with it should it come. And um, this whole season really was just, like, more about Sabrina, her abilities and stuff like that and it's building up because another thing that we see throughout the season is that Sabrina wants to outwit the devil and so yeah yeah, like she didn't get to do it yet but there's a yet this is a long (laughs) game so I think if he tries to like get married to her that's when the real showdown is gonna happen yeah I hope so because it it, in the end it kind of felt like she just kind of in a way gave up or like kind of gave in you know yeah like the longer that- they drag it out, the more epic it's going to be. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Hopefully that goes, oh my god. It's going to be amazing. Well, they're already slated for a season two, so. Yeah. They have to be. It was so good. <laughs> so they're good to go there. Yeah. So, was there any scene that really spooked you? So for me, okay guys, I absolutely hate horror movies, and I was too excited for Chaos to really care if it was scary or not. And when I started it, I was like, okay, this is not that bad. 
then it got to like the Jesse Putnam episode and I was just sitting there nicely sitting eating popcorn happy <laughs> as a bee you know just like you know it's gonna be the rest of the episode and then out of nowhere I was just like all these jump scares like I was I legitimately screamed like I was watching this bullshit man I was watching it <laughs> by myself in the dark like I and, and you know I guess I should just blame myself but at the same time I wasn't expecting it and I screamed and I legitimately paused the episode because my heart was like my chest was sore from keeping my heart from jumping out of my body <laughs> It was trying to run, but it could not run. So that's how I felt. And again, I don't watch scary movies. So that really got me. I mean, I watched Amityville Horror one time and I didn't sleep for a good two days. So that that just messed me up. <laughs> well, considering it was, it's, it's like Halloween, it was Halloween month when it came out, like it's all pretty much what I do like every every year I always end up watching all the horror movie all the horror movies all the horror shows ever so like I was watching The Haunting of Hill House so that like Serena was nothing compared to that and I was freaking out with that but I don't really spook easily though unless they're physically like in front of me and they're trying to like startle me um but if I had to choose a scene like with Sabrina like I think I think the the maze scene when like in the apple orchard when she was trying to find the tree and the oh. life, like that. Oh. And then I just pictured myself and I'm like, fuck, I feel like I'm a horror maze and I'm like fucking getting like chased by this damn scarecrow. So it's like I think that's what jumps at me personally. But I don't really scare that easily. Like if you put me in a haunted maze though, like it will scare me if you like try to like go in front of me and try to like blowing my ear or something like that well aren't you special (laughs) (laughs) i don't get scared easily i grew up with a mom who celebrated halloween like crazy families celebrate christmas (laughs) um i think i was four when she let us watch like halloween and scream um i mean like in the dark yeah just just my mom my sister and i just watching these horror movies like it was um miracle on 34th street um (laughs) we had halloween parties every year of my life i'm 26 and we still do them um and growing up there was a prank every year and i have a very large family that doesn't really consider a prank fulfilled until someone's crying in the corner oh my god (laughs) um so i mean we were raised in that environment my sister and i feed off of horror movies and terrifying things like when halloween comes around i go all out like i you you guys remember i talked to you about all the things i had going on every weekend the entire month of october yeah. yeah. Um, haunted houses here, um, horror nights there, fright nights, like everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, at the same time, I nobody wants to go to a haunted house if they're not going to get scared, right? So mm-hmm. exactly. I was raised with a mentality too to kind of like shut your brain off and like 
get in the moment. Like people who walk through haunted houses and they get to the end, they're like, that wasn't even scary. Well, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. (laughs) Because like, turn your brain off. Like I love to like go through and just let, let myself be scared and just let those shrieks come out and those jump scares get me because that's, it's fun. You know, it really, it gets your adrenaline pumping. It's great. Um, you know, I go see horror movies at, in 3D at the theater just because it's just that much more intense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to say that something spooked me, no. But the biggest compliment I could ever give to the show is that it kept me hooked. It kept my attention. There was no bathroom breaks during an episode. If I had to go to the bathroom, it was getting paused. Like, there was no, absolutely no interruptions. And that's that's huge for me. Like if it's important enough for me to actually pause it while I go do something, even if it's only going to be for a minute, that's a big deal. And that's definitely how Chilling Adventures was. See, and she's more special than I am, so. I mean, right now I'm just like thinking how I just, I mean, I don't even, I guess this was a bad question because, you know. Oh no, it was a great, it was a great question. All those things, (laughs) all those movies you said, they're just words to me. I don't. Oh my god! I don't watch them. Listen, I was like, we were like making jokes about Child's Play, like you know, with Chucky the Chucky doll. We were like making jokes about that when I was like nine. Like we're like, ha, this is hilarious. This isn't scary. Like, which it's not as an adult. It is kind of a joke, but um, as a kid, it's it's not. Your doll coming to life was possessed by a spirit of a murderer that's pretty terrifying but like we were making jokes about it at nine so we just I don't know I think it's just how you're it's just part of how you're raised like that's somebody's got to make the haunted houses and somebody's got to make the horror movies and you can't make it if they're scaring you so yeah I'll leave that to you someone tried to take (laughs) me to go see Annabelle and you know what I literally had my eyes I like closed my eyes and I covered my ears (laughs) there's no experience all the senses are dulled. Oh my gosh. So, love it. No, I, I love can. it. See, you're the type of person that I'd want to go with, though, because I love that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah it's terrifying. I just want to scare you. Like, yeah. I just like, and just be like, oh, no, you're going to scare me. You're, you're exactly like my best friend. Like, my best friend, like, is completely terrified of that crap. Like, she, I don't think she really wanted to watch Sabrina because she was. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, mm, it's not really that scary. Um, but yeah, I get it. Like, and you're exactly the type of person that I would want to bring. Like, I mean, in all fairness, my cousin was not raised that way. And I mean, when he would come to our Halloween parties, he only came to like a couple when he was younger because he would get really scared and he'd be like, This isn't fun for me. I don't want to come hang out with you. Like, I mean, now he's the one that like he's finding the scariest movie coming to theaters and being like, We're going. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Like, I'm down. But oh, as a kid, cool. like, as a kid not being raised in that type of environment, he was not impressed. Like, he's like, I don't want people touching me in a haunted house. I don't want people acting weird. Like, and he's like the factual person. It's like, you know, Sarah, like, if someone wanted to kill people, a haunted house during Halloween would be the perfect place to do it. And like, <laughs> oh, my God. And just, I mean, you know, cool. Shut your brain off and get scared, man. Let's do this. Oh my god, I can't. Annabelle Next actually that... is never going to a haunted house ever. Oh god, no. You know I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it at least one time. But I'm gonna take like a video with me, so all of y'all can hear me curse, and just it's I mean, gonna. I have, 
I really want you to do it the first time with us now. So yeah, for real. But I mean, I have my limits. Okay, like there's if you look online, I can't even think of what it's called. It's a free haunted house to go in. You just have to donate a can of dog food for Aww. like. Yeah, it's actually really yeah, it's really nice. But the haunted house itself isn't nice. Like you have to like sign a waiver and stuff, and like oh, it blindfold you. Oh um, fuck that! Yeah, there's like videos on YouTube. But, like it's really, like I have limits. Like I'm like <laughs> no, <laughs> like like. I think my cousin was the one that showed it to me because he was like, "Oh, like you like haunted houses? Like, let's see how tough you are." And he shows me videos. Like, okay, cool, yeah, okay. They take uh, dog food as a donation. Okay, then, and then the blindfold came out. And then, nope, fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, god, like, you don't even know what they do to you. <laughs> nope, you're not blindfolding me. Peace out, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. So, I, I mean, I have my limits. I like stuff that's like it has to be for a good cause. So in my area, they do one every year. That's their physical therapy students put it on at the local college, and okay. all of the proceeds go to Doctors Without Borders. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yep, and they have like they have safe people, and at every like like it's ridiculous how many are in there. So like if you need to get out, or if you're having a panic attack, or if it's too much for you, or whatever, you know. Um, they have like you have to walk through like short stairwells to get to the next part and the stairwells are safe zones like the you know the lights are fully on and it's really great i mean i'm not gonna lie last year i did get scared by one of the safe people (laughs) and then he thought that it was okay it gets better just wait then he thought that it was funny so he went behind the curtain and like went down and popped out again. Oh no! Got me again. No. And I got so mad. I was like, "You're supposed to be safe." <laughs> not not my finest hour, um, but his finest hour because he really thought that it was funny. Oh, awesome! So I mean, I do have my scary limits, but it is it's fun to go get scared, kind of turn your brain off and just go with it. Yeah, it really is. We'll teach you the ways. Yeah, we will. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Sure. We'll take care of you. You can walk in the middle. Never go first. (laughs) Or last. I'm not going last. No, you can't show that you're scared. You can't latch onto me and be like hiding behind me because that. What are you talking about? That's my fave thing to do. What? Listen, I go with my mom. I'm a listen, bitch. You're going first, and I'm clinging to the back of this jacket. Let's go. She's just like, what? I'm going first? I'm like, yeah, if they take you, you're going first. <laughs> well, yeah, I, and then I'm running. Yeah, okay. Don't worry, I'll be first. I'll go first. That's fine. Oh my I mean, God. One year we went into the basement of this house as part of the haunted house, and these people jumped out, and I ran. I ran from her. Oh, no. I full-on left her behind. She was not impressed. She's like, I'm your mom. You don't leave me behind. I'm like, yeah, you're the mom, so your job is to protect me. Like, good job. (laughs) It's like, you got two legs. You can run yourself. Yeah, Yeah. so maybe you shouldn't go with me because I'll leave you behind. (laughs) Every man for themselves. Every man themselves. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm not super... I don't know. When I'm scared, I'm not a big cuddler. I'm 100% like, nobody touch me. I don't trust any of you. Go away. I know when we went to that stupid Annabelle movie, something happened during daytime, and I literally got so angry. And I was like, "This is it. This is daytime. They broke this the rules. Not- that movie broke they, a yeah. lot of rules. 
this shit is not supposed to fucking happen, all right? There's people around her. I feel like no. I feel like chaos kind of broke a lot of rules, though, too. Like, not like the typical horror movie rules, but, I mean, there were things that happened for sure that I didn't predict or expect. I mean, it was definitely, it was surprising. It was surprising in a lot of places, and that's awesome that I can still be surprised by something. Yeah, I mean, there was a whole aspect of, we're going to kill people, but they're going to come back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, between... I mean that's a that's kind of a risk I think to take because then like, what's there's no fear, there's no fear in the death. Like you're not afraid if character is gone and yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk major themes, and then after that we're pretty much done. Um, there was a lot of what you skipped one. Did I? It's because I'm scrolling when I I do that. Wow. I do do that. (laughs) Okay. Cut. (laughs) So, what stood out to you guys? And I mean, this can be anything from character development to Greendale history to the subplots in every episode. Well, if you mention Greendale history, like if you mention history, like that's definitely what stands out for me all the time. I'm I'm like a big history buff like I was super into his, my history classes uh, during all of my schooling so I remember learning about all the Salem witches and, and like the like of that and loving that topic in general so it was really cool that they actually tied in real history with their fictional history um, so and I love when I love when shows do that and I love when movies do that so it just it made it feel like it was actually a part of that like it, like it in, in a way like in a for like a, a quick second to be honest like I was just kind of like I don't remember learning that like history but really I was just thinking like oh wait no that's fake oh okay so like <laughs> I, I was really enthralled by that and I was that was actually pretty cool I think at this point we're gonna have to start adding in new people just because we all have a lot of the similar likes and dislikes um no i'm the black sheep in this one i'm the black sheep in this one okay okay so (laughs) i was rose and that didn't work out (laughs) oh yeah you guys um for listeners there was somebody that was supposed to jump on in with us but unfortunately they couldn't make it but you know next time but um i'm gonna gonna tweet on her and call her out (laughs) make sure you follow christine to see that Um, (laughs) so I was actually a history major, and so I love when things connect, and chaos was all about that. Oh, Lord. That was so nice. Like, yeah. you had things that you, I wasn't even expecting they were going to do that, and so they, they had Harvey's ancestors being witch hunters. They had Roz's family being cursed. They had Susie's aunt being her hero and showing some humanity at a time when there, there was none, especially with the 13 witches, and it's just like whether or not these kids wanted to be involved with witchcraft, and I mean, to them, it's Sabrina, it yeah. doesn't really matter, because they're already bound yeah. by blood. Yeah, that was really good. Like, I didn't expect, I just thought they would just be random people, like, oh yeah, they're part of Sabrina's life, but really, they're so tied in there, and I love that. It's a good point. Yeah, it was so great, and it, it, it was funny, because for them... It just happened that they befriended Sabrina, who's, like, this witch and all of that. But really, it's not. Because they've... And I guess that has to do with the whole, like, it's an old town. And you've got the same people and the same families just living there. And, like, the 13 have something to do with Sabrina because they're from the same coven. 
And then, like I said, everyone's already interrelated. But it's good that they befriended Sabrina because now there's an actual possibility of, like, positive change. These Mm -hmm. kids, they don't have the weight or thoughts of their ancestors on them. And I think that was brought up because, again, Harvey's ancestors were witch hunters. And now he's dating a witch. He knows about it. In the beginning, he was a little iffy only because of Tommy. But then, especially, you know, as soon as she came back, he was like, you know, I still love you. But then she was kind of like, okay, we need to, I've changed. I need to figure this out, which is totally valid. But it's very interesting to see that they're all connected and they're going to stay connected. For sure. Um, I'm not going to say history because I've freaking hated history in school. <laughs> I mean, I like the interesting things in Salem Witch Trials. Always interesting to me. But I'm going to say show development. Um, not okay. character development. I'm going to say show development because this Netflix is allowed to push the boundaries anyway because they're their yeah. own service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this show would never have been 10, 15 plus years ago. And the way that they delve into every single aspect is, it's intriguing, it's mind-boggling, and the fact that they can do a whole season, which I know it's not as many episodes as full network Mm -hmm. television series, but the fact that they can do a whole season of a show and have so many plot points Mm. and have them all be interconnected and tell you so much. Yeah. Without really telling you anything. And I mean, there were no filler episodes. No. When, you have, when you have 10 episodes, you don't have time for filler episodes. And so the fact that they can have all of these episodes that are all super important. Like, you can't skip around with Netflix original shows. You've got to be there. You've got to be present. You've got to watch them. That they can. So the fact that they can do all of these plot points and have all of these background connections... And have you come all the way to the end and be left with not just one cliffhanger, but multiple cliffhangers. Like, you're just sitting there, just mind-boggled about, like, what what did I just watch? I don't have any answers. I have a million questions. And I have this web of connected people and connected pasts and histories and ancestors and no answers. That's incredible. That's some serious writing and that's some serious TV show development. Mm-hmm. That a lot of other shows could take note of. I mean, it's just, it's so in-depth. And they're so, when they start a project, they're very serious and they're very intent about it. And you can see that. You see it in every minute of that show. Yeah. So I think that the television show development was, it was just incredible. Overall show development was phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I mean, I agree, too. And, I mean, it's amazing and it's great. But, you know, you binge watch the whole season and then you're sitting there waiting for, like, a year. And you're like, ah, you guys are so good. But you left me with all these questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, here I am. It's all all part of a bigger plan that they do on purpose to keep you hooked. (laughs) That's true. Like, wait for Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? Check out Stranger Things while you wait. Yeah. That's true. (laughs) Like, they're so... they always have another original series to hit you with and get you addicted to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, after watching this, I'm going to need a few days to recover before I begin any other show. That's true. No, yeah. actually, after I finished, I was actually ready to restart and rewatch. And 
I've never been that big into rewatching a series so quickly outside of like, you know, the Gilmore Girls and that's because I like own all the DVDs. And Veronica like Mars. Separate. Yeah, and Veronica Mars. Like, that's a solely different thing. You know what I mean? Not really, but it's no, not. No, it is. It is. Like, I'm not, I cannot jump from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and then just turn around and watch another show like it's nothing like I need time to process and I'm gonna probably need to rewatch Sabrina to catch all of the things that I didn't catch the first time mm-hmm. oh yeah 100% um so let's talk major themes and after that we're pretty much done so there was a lot of feminism and power being being brought up and there were plays on organized religion and hardcore believers we saw Susie and her uncle struggle with their sexuality. We even saw policing in schools, like specifically when it came to notable book bans. And I mean, these aren't light topics. And like you said, it's amazing and mind boggling that they were able to fit all of that. You know, it's, it's truly amazing that chaos touched on each one in a way where they had their own time and their own section throughout part one. I mean, it's crazy. Um, all right. So how do you guys feel about that well i think that they i feel like every getting all those issues in there is part of what's going to draw the bigger crowd to the show Mm -hmm. because there's going to be an issue that speaks to everyone Mm -hmm. um and not just with current times with times overall locations overall like i'm sure there are still places that currently deal with book bans Um, yeah and i know that there are foreign countries that deal with internet bans they limit the internet they limit what their students can learn about their own history because they don't want them knowing what's happened in the past and so i would have to say that the book ban is something that really stuck with me um i mean that could be because i don't have a lot of social like i'm a 26 year old you know white girl who works five jobs and does whatever she wants like (laughs) There's not a lot of issues that always speak to me, but the book band did. And I think that that's probably because, I mean, I was reading anything and everything that I could get my hands on. I was an advanced, always like, you know, like they split you into reading groups in school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was always like way far advanced than where I needed to be. Right. And that's, and that's because like my mom never, I was probably reading books that might have had slightly inappropriate parts in them you know, and things that maybe were above my age level, but she never took that opportunity of knowledge away from me. Mm-hmm. And you hear about book bans when you are learning in that really difficult history class that you have to get through. <laughs> um, so actually seeing and watching a show that shows that limit being put on books and then all the knowledge that they have to offer it's a shocking and kind of sad thing to watch because even a fictional novel, you know, they all have a meaning behind them and you're just really, you can really miss out on a lot of things when you're unable to read them. And it's sad to see that opportunity taken away. Yeah. To me, I like the fact that um, Susie struggling with her sexuality was a bit different than what we normally get I guess in TV um and we've been talking about it all the time like Netflix is their own thing they can do whatever they want um which is a great thing but I think you know what I mean like it it's it's 
you see a lot of, you know, girls identifying or girls like liking other girls or guys liking other guys or liking both, but you don't really see ones that identify with a different gender a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And I really, really like that. It's yeah. like they, they really touched upon like, well, Susie's a girl and she gets bullied on because she doesn't look like it. But it's true because she doesn't identify with being a girl. She liked the fact that she got called a guy. And it was well done. It was really well done. Yeah. Well done. Like, I, we don't get that, like, in, in, in other TV shows these days. Like, we, we just see, like, girls on girls, guys on guys. We see, like, the fact that people can be that. But we don't see... Like like I said, we don't see that often. We don't see people actually dealing with identity crisis in that way. So that was really cool for me. Um, and that and how dark like it got when it came to like the religion and the church. Like I I grew up raised Christian. Like I I was raised both Catholic and Protestant. Um, so obviously you know, Church of Satan, all that stuff. Like that's frowned upon, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah the length that they went to like with going like to mass like even like the things that they said were so similar to the things that you hear at church but they just like they flip it around or like they change different words like i'm not sure how accurate that is to how you know like how it really is in real life but it was so interesting to see so just to go off of like what you were saying with the whole you know religion and all of that I found the play on organized religion and just like how their hardcore believers are was it was very blatant but like as a Catholic it was very interesting to watch so I come from a very religious family and there are a lot of things that I see and you know a lot of things that I think about I'm like "Ah, I don't know about that you know and it's nothing that has to do with like the major aspects but you know I actually have you know what I have a story um there was actually a bishop who came into town just about two weeks ago I think and he visited a family friend's home and so everyone was called and for people who don't know it's customary to kiss the bishops they have a ring and so you kiss that ring and yeah and to me when I was told I immediately felt very uncomfortable and like for a lot of my family they're just like oh whatever you do that like that's the thing you know it's a blessing to do stuff like that and for me it was just like I don't know this person I it's a lot it's it's like a show of they I don't know to me it's like a show of they have dominance but it's just like I don't know you as a person and I guess that's where I kind of I guess I guess you know this going into something completely different but like um stuff like that you know and if I had it I ended up showing up really late to that family friend's house so I missed the bishop and that was done on purpose because if I had like skipped kissing his ring or just been like no I don't think so you know it would have been embarrassing for my family much like Sabrina running away from her black baptism Mm. and her dark baptism and so like I actually understood that aspect you know it would have been embarrassing for my family if I did that in front of our neighbors and our community so with chaos twirling around these very real struggles 
it was very, like I said, it's very real. And it also made me really just realize that the key is education from their banning books to all of that. It's like, it's their hope of keeping kids in a closed box. Mm -hmm. You know, all of the themes connect to power and control. Like more specifically, someone taking your power and control. You Mm -hmm. have the religion aspect where Satan takes, you know, the witch's power and control by promising them more power, but it's to do his bidding. Yeah. And then through education, you have it through the banning of books, like Sarah said. And then there's, for Susie, there's just like the ostracization from society when she's not doing what they want. And chaos is really good about tying that in and i mean yes it's it's like dramatized for sure but Mm -hmm. there are like pieces and not even pieces like big blocks of truth in all of it and they did it really well and they did it in kind of like i mean yeah it was funny to see some of the aspects of what they said i won't say things because if my godmother ever finds out i would be sent to a exorcism myself she doesn't believe in she she's old she, older she doesn't believe in things like podcasts or really watching tv so i don't tell her about this but um okay that's a really weird place to end but basically everything is connected chaos is amazing um we're gonna definitely be hitting each episode one by one do y'all have anything else you guys want to talk about? No, I think you've covered, we've covered a lot for sure. We covered it all. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Uh, we didn't no, leave we didn't. a single stone unturned. Uh, no, I'm still, I'm, I'm ready to go about season one because, and you guys heard it here first, sucky bitches. That is, I'm an, yes. if, that was, I can't <laughs> wait guys. You didn't hear it first from here, obviously, because it was on Sabrina, but I'm telling you. <laughs> We's going to break it down. Um, Alrighty, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to Sweetwater Project. Um, This is the end of episode three, and we hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have any thoughts or opinions, let us know. We seriously love when people talk to us. Um, We're available through the series regulars and our personal social media. We'll have links on our TSR podcast page, which for all of our social media, is it's just you can scroll down you'll see our pictures and everything so to get there you can check it out at the series regulars.com slash sweetwater pod and you can add a tsr on twitter at the series regs and you can add me surya on twitter and instagram at surya Cherian. and you can add me christine at christine Sanon on both instagram and twitter and you can find me at Sarah underscore Jean 17 on Twitter. Thanks again for listening. And if you like this podcast, please rate it five stars on iTunes. So they kind of realize that we're actually really serious about Riverdale and chaos. But yeah. yeah, happy holidays, guys. And we'll see you soon.